Are You God's Masterpiece? Talk given by Father Ron Sierra to the Love Crucified community on January 17, 2019. Father Vincent, because he's at Notre Dame, received a very unusual permission to spend a week vacation, six days really, visiting me. He, of course, wanted to have a time of rest and relaxation in the sunshine. So a friend of mine loaned us their house in a very lovely community in Key Largo. And we were able to have a lot of daily prayer time, time for exercise. And then in the evening, because Father Vincent very seldom can see a movie or even have TV, he wanted to watch three movies that he had heard about that he had never seen. So during this period of six days, for three days in a row, we watched three movies that he wanted to see. And each movie was better than the other. I had never seen any of them. I will tell you the names of them, and probably some of you may have seen one or all of them. First one was Saving Mr. Bank. The second one was Goodbye, Christopher Robin. And the third one is The Man Who Invented Christmas. Each movie left me emotionally drained. Each movie was a true story of a man or a woman who had created a great literary work that was translated in every language and influenced the whole world, even to this day. And in a very good way, each story left me drained. Why? Each one of these individuals, authors, wrote their masterpieces out of the pain of their life experiences. It was the horrible childhood of each one or upbringing of each one that created the suffering within them that was released in this great literary work. And what caused the pain within me is to see their suffering. But then God did something beautiful for me. I went back to my own childhood pains. Now, all of us go into our wounds and we look forward to being healed. And hopefully the majority of us in the community can say, I've been healed of my wounds. I've been transformed. I can say that honestly and beautifully and gratefully to God. But what I recognize is so beautiful 
because from watching these movies, it made me conscious of something. God also is constantly creating masterpieces, just as each one of these people created a masterpiece of literature. God, with each soul, is creating a masterpiece that is made to his own image and likeness and is going to be in his presence for all eternity for him to delight in. As I someday will delight in the presence of the Lord, he will delight in seeing me because I am the work of his hand. Each and every one of us needs to grasp that reality, that beauty of the fact that God has from all eternity chosen each and every one of us individually to be a unique masterpiece. In his image, I'm greater than the Pieta that Michelangelo created. I'm greater than the Mona Lisa. I'm greater than anything Rembrandt has ever painted. And all of us can say that same thing about ourselves. Our greatness comes from the artists who sculptures, molds, and paints us. But now, how does he fashion us? I'm going to read to you something from Job 5.18. For he inflicts pain and he gives relief. He wounds and his hands also heal. So he wounds us so that he can heal us. And it is in the brokenness of our lives, the dysfunction that was present in my life. God knew that I needed every one of those emotional, physical, spiritual pains in my life to make me his masterpiece. It's insane. And it becomes even more humorous because the vocation to the priesthood, as we know, that's not something that you arbitrarily say, well, maybe I'll be a priest, maybe I'll be a fireman. That vocation has to come from God. That's gift. That vocation to priesthood is unique gift. This is like becoming a doctor, a lawyer, Indian chief. It has to start with God. So in the mind of God from all eternity, he planted that vocation in me. And I experienced the reality of the moment that it was planted in me. I was five or six 
in church looking at the priests. And I said, I want to be a priest. And that thought permeated me and gripped me totally so that nothing else could enter into it. Nothing else could take me away from it. And as I grew older, the vocation grew stronger. And why? Because I went to Mass every day. I probably received communion every day from the time I made my first communion. I was blessed to be in a community where I could be at seven churches in 15 minutes. Ethnic communities. And so if I didn't make Mass at one church, I could go to another church. And every time I received communion, every time I was at Mass, Lord, make me a priest. That was the desire he implanted in my heart. It was my desire. Now, this could sound like such a beautiful story, such a beautiful kind of happy ending story. But here is where God does something that at the moment it happens, it's the end of my life. It's it's crushing me. It's the end of the world. The pain and the suffering that that moment caused me, I can have flashback of flashbacks of that pain in a second. And I told you before the story, but I'll tell you again. I had just turned 18. I had gone to a minor seminary for a year. I had not done well. To be a priest, you needed the approval of the pastor of your parish. It didn't mean that I had done well in my grades, but it was important to have the support of the pastor. The pastor of that parish that I had attended grade school, that I had been there right through graduation. He called me to come in to his rectory for an appointment with him. I had been in that rectory so many times, helping in so many ways, usually the secretary. I wouldn't have that close a relationship with the pastor. And what he called me in for is to tell me all the reasons why I should forget about being a priest. And he started with the tearing down not only my character, but attacking the lives of my parents who one didn't go to church, the father, the mother, both had drinking problems. The surroundings I was brought up in, a gambling hall, a saloon, all of those things. He kept throwing one after another in my face and saying, you're not fit for the priesthood because of this, because of that, because of this, because of that. And 
it was like if someone was taking a sledgehammer and just hitting you on the head with everything you had suffered from childhood on and now saying these are all the reasons why the dream why the vocation that you feel so strongly cannot be realized i walked out of the rectory blindsided five feet away was the church i walked into the church wept uncontrollably no one was there it was beautiful june afternoon and i began making the stations of the cross and at each station i just cried and cried except god you know i want to be a priest i finish the stations walk down the street and knocked on the rectory door of the parish that was a polish parish and i asked to meet the pastor for the first time i was going to meet this priest who everyone affectionately called father joe did he know who i was did he know anything about my background of course he did why because it was a small neighborhood and he received me into his office it was a very poor parish with a very poor rectory and he sat down he asked me what i wanted and i said to him i want to be a priest and i need your help he looked at me and he said a lot of young people say that and all they want is a good education again a knife in me and i said to him you've seen me at church you know that i want to be a priest and he said okay i'll give you a chance this man in the following days and years supported my vocation financially spiritually paternally in every way this man who i had never knew anything about who god wanted me to know and to meet came into my life because of suffering because of pain because of hurt because of rejection that i can look back now and say this is how god planned it this is how god planned it from all eternity it had to be that way because that was what god wanted for me and each and every one of us can go back to the wounds of our childhood to the wounds of our life to the dysfunctionalism of our families 
And we have to be able to acknowledge with gratitude, with gratitude, that God put us in that place, in that time, in that situation, and in that pain. That was a moment of gift from God to us. In today's bravery, there is a beautiful reading from Romans 8, 28, 30. Those he called, he justified. And we know that by turning everything to their good, God cooperates with all those who love him, with all those he has called according to his purpose. What is this saying? God turns everything to our good. God cooperates with all those who love him, with all those he has called according to his purpose. They are the ones he chose, especially long ago, and intended to become true images of his son. We are the ones that he called long ago with his intention that we become images of his son. So that why, this is all in Romans, so that his son might be the eldest of many brothers. The son becomes my brother. He called those he intended for this. Those he called he justified. And with those he justified, he shared his glory. About two hours ago, the lovely woman you see sitting next to me said to me, I think you should be inspired to give the talk tonight. <laughs> and she walked out of the room and went to a birthday party and left me there waiting for inspiration. <laughs> so I went before the Blessed Sacrament and I said, okay, inspire me. And immediately the three movies and this reading from tonight's Vespers all flashed into my mind. It was very easy for me to speak to you this evening about God's masterpieces, each and every one of us. And there's such a joy within me when I say to myself, I'm God's masterpiece. And there's such a relief in me to know that all of the suffering, all of the horrible things that occurred in my life were planted there by God just so he could make me and mold me exactly how he wanted me to be.
If he had taken one pain away, I wouldn't have turned out the way he wanted me to. If he had removed that pastor, the, the story would have been a failure. Everything was exactly as he intended it to be. And so I have to look back, thanking the pastor that have hurt me, thanking God for the father he gave me, for the mother he gave me, for their weaknesses, for the woundedness, thanking God for the brokenness of the whole environment, the dysfunction of it. I mean, what other priest could give you a talk and say, I remember when I was about 12 or 13, living above a gambling hall where they shot crap, that one night the police raided the place. And a woman came upstairs into our apartment because she knew the police could not enter the apartment without a warrant. So she was seeking safety from arrest by coming into the apartment. She got in bed with me. I was sound asleep. It was probably about two in the morning. And she gave me $10 or something. And she said, here, if the police come, tell them I'm your aunt. You know, I don't know her name. I remember she was a pretty woman, probably around 50. She probably had a gambling problem. She was downstairs gambling. In those days, it was very rare that women would gamble, but some of them did. And that was the last time I seen her. But God put that woman in bed with me at 12 or 14. <coughs> and I remember being so happy to have that $10. That was a lot of money then. So these are bizarre, insane things. And I could tell you so many more. But the one thing I think I have to stress the most is the consciousness of the sins I committed in my priestly life. More sins in my priestly life than in the life before I became a priest. Why did God allow all those sins to pile up in my priesthood. Not in my seminary days. Some, but nothing like in my priesthood. Why? Why did years and years go on and sin and sin go on? So that I could taste the sweetness of his merciful love. So that I could be so convinced by the mercy and love of God that I could give it to you and anyone I meet. So that I could have the power to meet someone away from the church 30 years and in five minutes hear his confession. Because I know the mercy of God like a doctor knows his medicine. Like a master chef knows the ingredients to put into a meal. I know the mercy of God and I can give it. And all that sin had to be there. 
for me to receive it. It's insane. It's part of his plan. Everything, even our sinfulness, God permits so we can appreciate his mercy, his forgiveness, his love. How would I know the love of God if I didn't know my own misery? Who are the unhappiest people? The ones who get stuck in themselves, in their misery, in their woundedness. And they don't see the hand of God in their lives. They don't see the love of the Father in their lives. They don't see the mercy of God in their lives. Because they're blinded by closing themselves within themselves. And each and every one of you listening to me can be tempted to be blinded by being stuck in the wound and forgetting who wounded you. Almighty God. The one who wounds is the one who heals. Take the time to watch those three movies so that you could be depressed. You will be depressed by seeing the sorrow and the pain of their lives, but you will also see how that was God's plan for their lives so that he could create the masterpiece of literature. The one story and movie that impressed me the most was The Man Who Invented Christmas. It's the life story of the author of Scrooge and how that Christmas story was written and the pain that he endured creating that masterpiece. That masterpiece, incidentally, and this is shown to us at the end of the movie, changed the way people experience Christmas around the whole world. Because from seeing how Scrooge suffered from his misery, from his inconsideration, of others, that masterpiece changed the way Christmas was seen around the whole world. And they had statistical proof that after that book was written, after it was read around the world and translated in every language, people became kinder at Christmas more thoughtful of the poor, the desperate, and the homeless. That story did it. Who created the man with the genius to give us that story? Almighty God. Who wanted that story told? Almighty God. God is behind everything. God is the author of everything. We so easily lose sight of that. God bless you and thank you.
For more information on the path to union with God, please visit the Love Crucified Community website at www.lovecrucified.com. God bless you.